2020census.gov. Please reply by September 30th. It's WGXC 90.7 FM. Right. Acra, Keep going. Hudson, Catskill, Phoenicia, and lots Phoenicia. of other places. That's an interesting addition. And Valencia. And Or Valencia. as they is usually call it when you first land in Columbia County. Valety. Valety. <laughs> <laughs> um, very well done. Did you mention the online uh, way and to And online at WGXC.org. Yes. Thursday, September 24th, tune in to Creative Community Radio on the air at WGXC 90.7 FM. First, we head to Ghana at 11 a.m. with Dennis Dorar's Transformational Listening Show. Then we head to Cairo at noon after the local news with Seth Rich and his Timeless Vibes show. Donald Trump Theater is on with Heat Rays and Sound Weapons at 3 p.m. And then call in or tune in to Gig Talk at 8 p.m., the program about musicians and their lack of work at the moment or their online performances, unemployment waits, and more. Call in to Gig Talk at 518-622-2598. Talk to Matt Motel and Kevin Shea from 8 to 9 p.m. Live on the radio from Caro on 90.7 FM WGXC. WGXC is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of Fridman Gallery in New York, New York. WGXC's sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXC as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Green and Columbia counties. You, too, can become a sustaining supporter by going to wgxc.org donate and designating an amount of your choosing. Thank you for your support. You are listening to 90.7 FM WGXC, the local hangout of the airwaves for Green and Columbia counties. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. You're listening to WGXC 90.7 FM. Acra Hudson, Catskill, and this is Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. Here we are, dimming those lights yet again. You better dim those lights. <laughs> the show where we talk about movies. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're here every fourth Tuesday of the month at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to hear the latest and greatest in the movies that we're watching. <laughs> exactly. Past uh, episodes, if you will, appearances, I don't know. They're yeah. archived on <laughs> uh, wavefarm.org, um, which you can also visit the website to listen online, donate, and much, much more. Yeah. Uh, today's kind of special. Um, well, film festivals and fall are in the air. Uh, and upcoming is the Woodstock Film Festival from September 30th to October 4th. Yeah, so uh, it's it's really exciting. Uh, we were uh, invited to partake and watch some movies and talk to some people, which was really uh, wonderful. Um, 
you can find out lots of information about the Woodstock Film Festival at woodstockfilmfestival.org. Mm -hmm. um, but we had the pleasure of speaking with the uh, director and co-founder of the Woodstock Film Festival. Um, so we have an interview with her and we'd yeah. love to play it for you guys. Mira, Mira Blostein is her name and it was a real pleasure getting to talk with her. So that'll be at the top of our show today. And once again, that is the co-founder and director of the Woodstock Film Festival, which is upcoming the end of September, the 30th to October 4th. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're going to play that for you real quick and then we'll come back and uh, have some more things to tell you about. You're listening to WGXC 90.7 FM, and this is Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. And today we are interviewing Myra Blaustein, who is the director and co-founder of the Woodstock Film Festival. Um, uh, yeah, so the Woodstock Film Festival was launched in 2000 and has since become a respected and influential film festival in the United States. Uh, Blastein is a filmmaker herself, having directed, produced, and consulted on numerous feature films, including For Love of Julian and upcoming documentary The Drivers. Lovely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Myra. So uh, we're just going to ask you a couple questions about the Woodstock Film Festival. Of course. All right. <laughs> Um, how and when did the festival get started? You mean this year or overall in the past? Oh, I want to know more about the, <laughs> the, um, the origins, I guess. I, the origin. I want to know an okay. origin story. <laughs> the origin, um, well, I have uh, been working for other film festival prior to the Woodstock Film Festival. So the uh, transition of... Um, deciding and figuring out and launching a film festival was fairly quickly within a few months. Um, and um, the idea of doing it in Woodstock came after we're going to do it first in another place in Newport, mm -hmm. uh, which is further down in Ulster County. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, that ended up not working out and so ended up bringing it to Woodstock. And literally ma the making of the festival itself like the whole logistics of everything took mm -hmm. probably about a month which wow. is insane yeah, uh, at, the, at the time there was no absolutely like, zero money all volunteers and it was just this wonderful new thing that happened here and everybody was very excited and everybody was just you know coming on board to help uh it was very much a grassroots yeah uh, and amazing and it was, um, it was, that was a magical year. And I have to tell you, by the way, that um, fast forward 21 years, <laughs> this year with all, the, with all the difficulties and hurdles and, trying to, and learning how to do stuff completely differently than ever before, kind of took me back to that first year of learning how to do a film festival. And um, it's really, also that sort of sense of anxiety and, and, and worry of how the whole thing is going to come together yeah. that I had a few months ago reminded me of how I would wake up every morning oh, yeah. <laughs> the first festival, but you know, like breathless and oh my God, how this day is going, how, how is it all going to come together? Yeah. Totally. And, then, and, and I don't, I know it will now it's um, there's also a whole magical thing that happens when people 
team together and to create something that is so wonderful for so many people. And there is this sheer spirit and energy that um, flows between people and just ma help make it happen. Of course, we actually know what we're doing. So that, that, that <laughs> yeah. certainly is very important. You can't do that without knowing what you're doing, without having the right people working and without um, also just a lot of dedication and hard work. Uh, but um, I do think that there's also something special about creating this film festival. Yeah, and absolutely. Then, and again now. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting what you said about um, this year reminding you of the very first year. And I can totally imagine that when you say it. I hadn't thought of it before. But I think so many organizers and creatives are having to be really being challenged to adapt. Um, and uh, yeah, it's really fascinating. Yeah, it was it was learning how to walk again, you know, I mean, because you had to learn things, how to do things in ways that you've never done before. I mean, everything that we're doing now virtually, we've never done this before. We had to learn a lot. And just, you know, totally. I've never even been to a drive-in before I had to start <laughs> for drive-ins in the Hudson Valley. And now we, 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 we are three different drive-ins. Oh, my so God. it's feels like a whole new film festival and as a matter of fact it feels like two film festivals inside of one because with everything that we're doing online this year is not what we're doing at the drive-ins and vice versa yeah so the pro programming is different the experience is different the work uh level is different so it's um it's two festivals yeah wow <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess in line with that, can you tell us what is different about the film festival this year? Just um, like, can you explain how the drive-in situation is going to work? Yes. Um, so, and I, I'll talk mostly, I think, about the Greenville drive-in, which I think <laughs> is in your neighborhood, more or less. But yeah. we are in three different drive-ins at the wonderful Greenville drive-in, which I now really, really love. We have been doing special screenings there all the summer. And in fact, we're doing one tomorrow evening of Julie Tamer's new film, The Glorious, yes, about Gloria Steinem. Um, oh, it's it's a fantastic film, fantastic. I'm, I'm crazy about it. Um, <laughs> so, so we're doing that tomorrow. But, um, and that's like just like the last brief festival event, but we are at the Greenville Drive-In in Greenville. We are at the Overlook Drive-In in Poughkeepsie. And we also created a pop-up drive-in right in the center of Woodstock. Oh, amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be at Enderley Fields, which is a wreck field in Woodstock, right in the center. So um, what you get in each drive-in is two films every evening. And when you buy into when you buy a ticket for one film, you're really buying it for two films because you, 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 you're staying there for two films. So you're buying it for the evening. Most of them will also have food trucks. Like Greenville uh, Drive-In will have PP's food truck, which is fabulous food truck. And every evening, I think that she's going to have different food. She's great. Um, so each drive-in each night has different films. There are no repeats. So every film is, is being shown once at the festival. So if whatever you're seeing in Greenville, you will not be seeing in Woodstock or Overlook and vice versa. 
In addition to that, I just want to mention again the online option because everything that's online is not showing at the drive-ins. <laughs> so we have about, I think we have seven full-length documentaries and five full-length narratives that are shown only online. We have 11 shorts programs. That's a lot yeah. of shorts. Wow. And they're, all, they're, all they're all fantastic. And each one is very different. I mean, there's animation and documentaries and narratives. They're really, really great stuff. And we have also six live panels online. Oh, wow. Each panel, you can log on when it's live. Um, and uh, then you can chat with a panelist and send in your questions. Or you can also log on afterwards after it had been recorded because it will continue to live on our website until the festival is over. Oh, that's great. Wow. And, yeah, and every film online, uh, once you have what is called unlocked it, you know, once you, after you've purchased, but once you uh, clicked to get to start playing, you have 48 hours to watch any given film, any given event on uh, on our online program. So you can watch a lot. Um, and I really highly recommend for people to just get the pass for the online program, which is very inexpensive. And then you can watch anything you want whenever you want. But back to Greenville, <laughs> which I absolutely love. Yeah. So for those who are familiar with the Greenville Drive-In, it's beautiful. It's surrounded by mountains. It has this large outdoor bar, sna mm -hmm. snack bar, and, and actual bar area where you can actually hang out, eat, drink, and even watch. They have all kind of sitting arrangements. You can also stay just outside at the bar area and watch the movie. There's a PA system, so you can also just stay there. Or you can, of course, be uh, at your car. Um, I want to remind everybody that um, COVID-19 regulations are very strict. Uh, anytime you're outside of your car, no matter what, you have to have your mask on. Uh, so it's that's, and of course, if you came in contact with anybody that had COVID in the last two weeks, please don't show up. Um, but um, hopefully most of us have not been in contact. The mask is an absolute must. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. To, that's for every, everybody's sake, themselves and everybody there working and, and, and um, on the attending. Um, most of the films will have the filmmakers there. I think oh, nice. about every film in Greenville will have the filmmaker there. And the way we're going to do Q&As, because at the festival, we always do Q&As. Mm -hmm. But this year, you can't just like stand there in front of an audience after that and 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 take questions. We're not inside theaters, and everybody's in their cars. So we are creating this little mini. Well, they're not so little, but they're uh, mini um, studios mm -hmm. whereby we'll have cameras and lights and microphones and. The filmmakers will be interviewed by somebody, myself or somebody else from the festival and about the film, you know, the process that, the, I mean, the thought process behind it, the process mm -hmm. of making it and the insightful information that they can share. And that will be live and will be beamed onto the giant driving screen and brought into everybody's cars. Wow. So they can really experience the dialogue with the filmmaker on site live even though uh we're not indoors 
uh, we had a drive-in. And last but not least, I really like that little part. And I tell um, audiences always at the drive-in, you, you can't applaud. So you you honk the car. <laughs> <laughs> and this way we know when you're, you know, you're, you're, you're happy with something. But um, the programming That's at the Green, Greenville is wonderful. And I hope people come every night. <laughs> <laughs> and really, really take really take advantage of it uh, but I also really hope that people will sample the online programming a lot of thought and work <clears throat> went into ev uh, uh, the whole thing and everything was selected very carefully and um, there's some really really great uh, films uh, both on the drive-ins and online yeah we've been really um, loving looking at the schedule and we're really looking forward to seeing some of the stuff and wow hearing you say that about the Q&A as well you you really did do some some um very very uh big adaptations like having having the screened Q&A is is um wow I'm really I'm impressed you guys are very flexible <laughs> you know yeah I think that's a really amazing way to still involve that because that's such a um that's such a fantastic uh, thing that audiences at film festivals have access to is Q and A's with yes. um, people who worked on a film, um, and so it's really, really nice that that is still maintained this year, uh, despite all of the hoops that you've had to jump through. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I also want to add, by the by the way, in Greenville, mm -hmm. we, we we have we're doing our kickoff event is going to happen at Greenville on Wednesday. September 30th, and um, we're opening it with Los Hermanos, The Brothers, which is a wonderful film about two Cuban musicians, uh, virtuosos, one who still lives in Havana, Cuba, and the other who lives in the US, mm -hmm. and they are finding ways to play together, and the Cuban musician who is in the US um, is going to be there at the screening and he's going to play, he's going to perform before the movie starts. And he is uh, a very well-known violinist. Uh, you know, he plays in Carnegie Hall and in Concenter and all those places. And he, I mean, he's really amazing. And he will perform live before the screening. So, uh, and then the filmmakers will also be there. Um, they're flying in from California. And actually, even though they lifted the restrictions for, um, quarantine from California that they still have gone to Massachusetts to quarantine mm -hmm. for two weeks first in Massachusetts before coming to us. So uh, I hope very much that people will come. It's a wonderful film and you get this performance and you get the filmmakers. It'll be a great night. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like um, I know a wonderful event and what an incredible story uh, Los Hermanos sounds like. And one that is about, um, distance you know maintaining <laughs> maintaining relationships over distance and um you know it's obviously different from what a lot of us are experiencing but yes yeah wow um actually i have a question about um your selection process for uh the film festival i have no idea really how it works behind the scenes as far as how you make your selections so i'm wondering about that and then also if you um, you have a focus on films that feature the area or involve locals in their creation. Um, okay, so the selection is c complex. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, 
and and very and and very time consuming and lengthy. It takes months and months. Mm -hmm. uh, we get a lot of phone submissions. We get nearly two thousand submissions that we have to go through, and I want um, a few people to watch every single film, and we deliberate and we evaluate and we think and we think again and we think again. Um, and we also talk to a lot of filmmakers and industry representatives and some also distributors and just really keep an eye uh, and keep our fingers on the pulse of what's happening in the independent film world at any, any given year. This year was very different because film production halted in such early parts of the year. And because movie theaters have been closed for so long, um, a lot of people opted to not release the films and not even play film festivals. So it has, I mean, it has been challenging in every respect, including the programming. But um, we ended up, I think, having an amazing program. And, uh, but it takes, it takes a lot of thought and a long time. And mm -hmm. as we program, we try to, balance it as best we can so that you have you know you that you have your artistic films and political films and you know you have you you cover a lot of bases we were very um keen on including um films that deal with the racial issues mm -hmm. and civil rights issues uh this is such an important year so we certainly uh, uh we're very mindful of that and um paid close attention to that. And I think we were successful at that. We always uh, also try to uh, program as many films as possible made by women filmmakers. It's a subject that always is important to my heart, uh, important to me. And I personally try to put emphasis on that as best I can. Of course, yeah. never compromising the quality of the, of the film that's <clears throat> given. Um, and yes, we definitely want to show films that were shot in the areas or have or have connection to the area so that we can support local filmmaking as much as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and we do that every year, this year included. Uh, we have quite a few films actually that were shot in the area and or films that um, are made by filmmakers who live up here. Um, we have a good, very good number of films like that actually. But um, I always say that uh, the way for the, the way for us to grow the local film production is mm -hmm. to bring films from outside of us, to, to, to bring film, films and filmmakers from all over and they discover the area and then they come back and they shoot films here. So, and it also helps to open everybody's eyes to, you know, to other, to other universes, other worlds and other uh, perspectives. I think that film is also a lot about inspiration and education, um, not in not the in not the the normal kind of education that you take in the classroom, <laughs> but just really opening up, opening up your eyes and your mind and your hearts to things that are different from your everyday life. So, so yes, I, I hope I answered your question by then. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. I mean, it's. I like what you said there too. Like, um, a storytelling is kind of the oldest way of learning, right? So mm -hmm. I, I can apply that to films. I think you know. I, I think it's wonderful bringing things in from the outside, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Are, so if any of our listeners only have, you know, one or two nights that they can go attend the festival, are there any like must see movies that you're the most excited for that you recommend to, to people to go see? Well, you know, I, uh, I'm excited about everything. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of but, course. Uh, and I'm focusing on Greenville because I think that most of your listeners are in that area, correct? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah thank well, you. Well, I highly recommend the kickoff night uh mm-hmm. september 30th to go to see los hermanos and that's followed by save yourselves which is a film that that was shot in 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 the hudson valley also and the filmmakers will be there and it's uh, the story of um a brooklyn a couple from brooklyn who is you know like constantly on their electronic devices who decide to just you know tear themselves away from the electronic devices for one whole week they go to the country to get away from everything and like very soon after they have not looked at your at their phones for maybe like half a day aliens come down and take over the world <laughs> <laughs> and they don't know about it so uh then and then you know the whole thing evolves and devolves and it's actually it's very funny yeah it's, it's, it's a sci-fi comedy so okay, that um, sounds great <laughs> Yeah, it's great. So so that's uh, Wednesday night, September 30th. And I really like, uh, I like everything, <laughs> of course. But um, gosh, so there is another night that I guess I would recommend, and that's Friday night. Mm-hmm. And the reason, I mean, it, every night it has two films. And the second night, Bitter Fist, which is um, kind of scary and wild, but very also very funny, mm-hmm. was shot in the Hudson Valley. And um, that's starring Josh Leonard, who is also the director and co-star of the film showing before it called Fully Realized Humans. And that's a film about a couple who's just about to have their first baby. And they are just, trying to figure everything out within this time span of a week. It was also shot. It's almost in real time. It was shot uh, for one week. The, 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 the wife, the actress was eight week, eight months pregnant during the wow. time of the shooting. Wow. And the film is hilarious. It's <laughs> so funny. And it's so smart and well done. You would just love it. I absolutely loved it. As soon as I saw it, I said, definitely showing it. Um, and before that, there's going to be also a little treat. There's a, a 10 minute short that's short that's called Baby Kate. It's called Baby Kate, and that's also a very, very lovely film that was actually produced by the same people who produced Fully Realized Humans. So it's a wonderful night, and um, I uh, I highly recommend. So like, so let's say the Wednesday night, Los Hermanos, Save Yourself in Greenville. And, on September 30th and uh, Fully Realized Humans and Bitter Fist on Friday, October 2nd are among many of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm really looking forward to um, being there. Uh, Me I, too. I know Joshua Leonard is, um, he's in the Blair Witch Project. Am I correct? He is one of the three <laughs> people in the Blair Witch Project. Oh, yeah. Um, I, and by the way, he lives locally now. So yes, um, wow. Um, he went back to the woods. And he'll be there. He'll, he'll be there for the Q and A of both films. Wow, so, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a treat. 
I'm a fangirl for that movie. So yeah. <laughs> that is wonderful. Um, let's see. So we had some, uh, you know, early on you talked about um, all the changes that you've had to make due to COVID, all of the adaptations. And I was kind of curious about your opinion. Like, how do you think that, I, I think lots of things will maybe stay changed even after we're post COVID. And I'm wondering if you think there are any ways that uh, the movie industry will change forever. Well, the movie industry has changed dramatically so far. I mean, to make a movie now is exceedingly hard uh, with all the, the COVID regulations. And I, you know, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. I have, I mean, I have the feeling like so many others do that what's been going on with the pandemic is going to affect us for the rest of our lives in terms of just our behavior um, in crowds, in groups with people. Um, and I think that some of the new regulations made in, in a film production may remain going forward, even when there is a vaccine and with a sort of a return to what will probably be new normal. Mm -hmm. um, and theaters may have, I mean, I think it's also put, put, putting a lot of pressure on theaters to upgrade their, their earth circulation system and, 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 and their seating arrangements. Mm -hmm. I know that there are companies that are coming up with a whole new method, I mean, system for the theatrical seatings so that it's uh, more hyperallergenic and, and, and safer. And so I have the feeling it is going to affect us in that respect, but I also have the feeling it's going to just affect us in every respect. Yeah. So, I mean, this has been it still is a traumatic experience for everyone. So I don't think that we're going to come out of it unscathed. So we'll see. Uh, but I'm also, I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to returning to movie theaters and to show yeah. movies in movie theaters where they're supposed to be seen. And um, I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that next year in 2021, when fall comes and a festival returns, we will be showing films at movie theaters. Yeah, yeah. But I have fallen in love also with drive-ins. So <laughs> wonderful. We'll also, we're not going to leave the drive-ins, um, at least not during summers. But we'll see. This year we're at the, at the drive-ins, and I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I think so too. I um I was actually going to ask you if you think that you'll you'll continue to incorporate the drive-ins. I I um. I do love at the very least on a to spin everything all this traumatic stuff we've all been collectively dealing with. I <laughs> the positive is uh drive-ins have had a really good summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, drive-ins have been doing great. I mean, been doing really well. And um I mean, thankfully there was there were ways to pivot. There were, you know, thankfully there are alternatives. I mean, imagine if we couldn't find any alternatives for any of what we're doing. So the world would have looked and felt differently but thankfully we're you know humans beings are resourceful yes. <laughs> do you have any parting notes you want to give <laughs> um well i hope very much that people will take advantage of the festival there's a enormous I mean, not enormous but there's a large number of incredible filmmakers who are participating mm -hmm. and 
in part, our mission is to support the artistic endeavors of all those independent filmmakers mm -hmm. and having audiences view and experience their work is a huge part of making a movie. Yeah. So I hope very much that um, your listeners will take advantage of the festival. It comes only once a year. It takes a whole year to prepare for. Mm -hmm. We have put together an outstanding program and it's going to all be done very safely. Whether mm -hmm. you are going to go to the drive-in and sit in the comfort of your car and watch the movies and see the Q&As with the filmmakers or whether you will enjoy the films and programmings online. There's a whole great program um, just there so you can watch that from the comfort of your home. I hope that you'll enjoy this year with Stuck Film Festival, we prepared it for you, for the audiences. So uh, join us. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Thank you so yeah. much, Myra. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. And um, we'll make sure we direct our listeners over to where they can get more information online and purchase tickets. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank yeah, you. Bye. See you at the drive in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bye. bye, guys. Thank you. All right, so that was our interview with Myra Blaustein, who is the co-founder and director of the Woodstock Film Festival, which will be going on from September 30th to October 4th. And it will be taking place, as Myra said, both online and at multiple drive-ins. And you can find out more information about the festival at woodstockfilmfestival.org. Yeah, I'm really excited to go see a couple movies. Um, Amanda and I got to watch a couple of things ahead of time, which was very exciting. We did. <laughs> which, by the way, if you're just tuning in now, uh, you're listening to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda on WGXC 90.7 FM. Um, and that was just an interview with the director of the Woodstock Film Festival. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, it was really cool to learn so much about, um, you know, what they adapted and and all the things that they really achieved, like I don't, it's such a, it's such a wild year to try and do anything, but they still managed to kind of like get everything up and running, which is so cool. Um, but I'm really excited to go to a couple of the nights. Um, definitely some of the ones that Meyer talked about sounded really exciting. Um, I also just before before we talk about movies that we watched, I just want to say. Um, or talk about a couple of movies that I'm excited to see that I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the films that I know Amanda and I both really want to see is mm -hmm. Ammonite. <laughs> oh, I feel like it's the showstopper. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there's, you know, as Myra mentioned, there's Julie Taymor's The Glory is coming up, which is yeah. also a big deal because Julie Taymor has had quite the career already. And I unfortunately missed, but was really interested in seeing the Tesla movie. That was part oh. of the festival as well that played early already at the Greenville oh. Drive-In. Yes, I remember Hawk. it. But yeah, Ammonite seems like a real showstopper. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that one's playing at the Poughkeepsie Drive-In. So it's a little bit of a drive. And then the other movie I'm really excited about is um, Chloe Zhao's new movie, Nomadland, which is also playing at the Poughkeepsie Drive-In. Um, mm -hmm. She directed The Writer that came out a couple of years ago, which is a movie about <sighs> which a, I... a cowboy. It's so good. <laughs> I know. I just haven't found it streaming anywhere and I cannot wait to see it. Yeah, totally. I guess I'm just 
waiting now that it's not just freshly out I'm kind of just waiting yeah we 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 meet (laughs) Um, (laughs) sometimes it's just you know you gotta wait for exactly the right time (laughs) exactly uh Ammonite um is directed by Francis Lee and it's about um the very real life British paleontologist Mary Anning who I'm a fan of um she actually made some really incredible uh, strides in paleontology yes and I as a child I I think I have a memory maybe it's fake of visiting the beach where she did a lot of her digs um that's so cool yeah but it's about her relationship with a um another woman played by Saoirse Ronan who's suffering from um coming out of a deep depression and they develop a uh deep relationship and it seems extremely beautiful and romantic and exciting yeah it sounds really good to me (laughs) yeah it really does so that's ammonite um that's a-m-m-o-n-i-t-e I I think it should be really wonderful um yeah yeah um but we did also in addition to these movies that I'm really excited to go see as part of the Woodstock Film Festival, um, Amanda and I got to watch a couple early, which was really exciting. Um, I know we both watched two, so we'll talk about those. The first one was um, a documentary called The Sit-In. Her- Harry Belafonte hosts The Tonight Show. Um, so good. It was so good. I really liked it. It was directed by Yoruba Richin, um, mm-hmm. who sounds really interesting. I just did like a quick Google of her before we started talking, um, and I'm really interested to learn more about her. But Same. Um, it was, it's basically about a week in 1968 where Johnny Carson handed over the reins of The Tonight Show to Harry Belafonte to host. Um, mm-hmm. And he brought on a lot of his peers who were artists and leaders in the civil rights movement. Um, and it's just, it was really interesting um, just to like hear about that particular perspective and also like the media landscape at that moment, which is something yeah. that I'm not particularly familiar with. Exactly. I felt like that documentary could have gone on for like twice the length of time because I feel like there's so much to talk about in television during that time. Like, totally. like it was talked about in the documentary, how, um, you know, tell like fictional television so- shows started having black characters that weren't servants and like you know like um so there was a lot of firsts happening on television and obviously the world outside of television was totally tense and boiling over um with the Vietnam War and and uh police violence and um so the list of people that Harry Belafonte had on is incredible yeah totally wild includes Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And, um, oh gosh, Kennedy so and Aretha Franklin, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Dionne Warwick. It was totally wild. It was like these people, Paul Newman. It was like, yeah, it was like hit after hit. Yeah. Like a laundry list of incredible people. Yeah. It's just like, oh, Sydney come on Pottier. over. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, I really, I really liked it. It was also just great. Like I haven't, I mean, I obviously I like know about the Johnny Carson show, but I haven't really seen clips from it ever. You know, it's just something that is not part of my context it was just very interesting to see all of this footage um which is also like it's somewhat limited because a lot of the tapes have been lost well that Um, was a really wild thing that I learned right so um what is it NBC NBC Mm -hmm. does the tonight show right yeah yeah so and I guess Johnny Carson didn't even know this but they 
they had been taping over the episodes. Like after each episode ended, they reused the same tape for the next one. So there's this massive amount of archives that are completely lost. And the only ones that still exist of Harry Belafonte's appearance or uh, hosting of the, the Tonight Show, there's the Martin Luther King one and then and one other like he hosted it for a week but only two episodes remain yeah and then there's like uh they in the documentary it was really interesting because they talked to this guy who was just really into recording stuff so he has audio recordings of a couple of the episodes but it's just he was like a kid and was just like I I would like to record this because I'm having a good time I know (laughs) thank goodness for that guy because he is actually one of the only archives that we have access to of those lost episodes which is such a shame totally um yeah um the yeah so the other movie we both watched um is called the outside story which is fiction not a documentary a narrative uh, feature um directed by Kazimir Noskowski uh and it was really cute it's super <laughs> like, cute it's it really very cute. cute yeah it was like uh, a, I, I watched them one right after the the other so it's funny to like come off of this like really interesting like super intense not really intense but just like you know like deeply um well, you learned just a covers lot. a lot of conflict and I and I learned a lot uh yeah documentary and then goes straight into this like sweet soft little like <laughs> like rom-com kind of I did dessert before dinner I did them the other way around <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. It it was a funny pairing, though. I'm glad to have it. Like I have always loved that kind of pairing. Um, because Outside Story was very gentle, you know, like mm-hmm. it had some drama elements, but those themselves were were pretty low stakes and gentle. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's about um a guy played by Brian Tyree Henry, whose name is Charles, and he is going through a breakup. Um. And he's kind of an indoor kid (laughs) until he gets locked out of his apartment in Brooklyn and has some adventures and makes some friends in his building and around his building. Um, It's kind of one of those very like uh, we're in New York City movies. I have never lived in New York City, but when I see movies like that, it really gives me this like warm fuzzy about New York City that I don't feel when I go to New York City where I think oh oh it's you know must be so fun like going up nice. roofs and, and meeting people at Stoops Fails in your neighborhood and yeah yeah it's really cute um Brian Tiger Henry is so charismatic he like really he really t- he really takes that movie on his shoulders you know it's so um he's just so so funny and great to watch um his I also just want to say the um it's it's kind of about his breakup with his girlfriend who's played by Sonequa Martin-Green who was the reason that I was really excited to watch this movie because I really love her she's um you may recognize her from such shows as Star Trek Discovery where uh she she plays the main character Michael Burnham who I really love and it was just so so nice to see her but also weird to see her in a role where she's not just like talking about space um, yeah I was like, oh she's like playing a person <laughs> just a regular working person just a regular person <laughs> not, not in space yeah um and I know I've seen Sunita Mani who plays Officer Slater yeah she, I know I have seen her in other things and I can't quite put my finger on it 
I know her from Glow, which is possibly, I'm not sure if you've seen that, but she she's one of the um, wrestlers in the TV show Glow. Mm-hmm. She's great in also. Um, but yeah, it was really, really super cute. Definitely, um, they're both playing on the same night, I believe, as part of the Woodstock Film Festival. So choose wisely. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's kind of a tricky thing that Jenny and I have both in- encountered in looking at the schedule is there's so there's so much good stuff that yeah really really hard to choose uh one drive-in is which i i really appreciated that mira focused on the greenville drive-in because it is um wgxc's kind of most local yeah totally uh, for the for the wgxc range but there is one she said that um they made them kind of a makeshift outdoor uh you know drive-in all of them are outdoors, obviously. <laughs> Made a makeshift drive-in in Woodstock, and then there's the Overlook drive-in in Poughkeepsie. So it's a really nice range. Um, but yeah, so it does mean that there's just some <laughs> on the same nights as others, and it makes it really hard. Um, yeah, there's some timing conflicts, but um, I think it's still, I'm really excited to, I think I'm going to try to go to one of each, like a, a Woodstock, a Greenville, and a Poughkeepsie. Um, Cause it's just so, it's so fun. I love going to the drive-in. <laughs> me too. Me too. Um, as I said, toward the end of that interview, I'm, I'm glad that a little tiny, tiny nugget of good that come out of COVID is that drive-ins had a really good summer. Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah. I also have heard, I mean, I know like near where I grew up, a couple places that were like defunct drive-ins reopened. They were like, okay. This, it's our year, uh, yeah. which is interesting. I mean, it's so it's so interesting the way that we adapt to our surroundings and are like, okay, well, this is this is an option if nothing else is, um, and that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it really is sweet. Uh, we Jenny and I both enjoyed the first night of Dead Till Dawn, which is a horror movie festival at the Highway Drive-in in Kuxaki. Um and it's we we enjoy it nearly every year since we found out about it um and that had a big big old wonderful lineup including movies on Sunday which they haven't done since I've been going it's usually just Friday and Saturday so that was a blast and yeah I did go to the Greenville drive-in as well this summer which is is so fun and totally totally highly personally recommend you know yeah um it's really great to just kind of be able to go out and have a, have a nice like little moment of escapism and enjoy the movies, get some good snacks, hang out with your friends from far away. <laughs> um, exactly. Speaking, speaking of friends, I want to just give a little shout out to um, Becca Van Collenberg, who just sent me a message right now asking why we weren't talking about Becca. <laughs> Sorry, Becca. We're talking about you now. Talk about you. <laughs> Becca um, was at Dental Dawn with us on Friday. Uh, absolutely watching watching piranha which was great (laughs) um and so we now that it's entering the fall the best of all four seasons it's the perfect time to talk about spooky movies uh we just saw some at the drive-in very lucky and i'll be watching them uh in my home outside my home wherever i can get them um (laughs) And so we wanted to round out the show as we usually do with um, 
some movie recommendations. Uh, so yeah, and also just a little taste, this show initially, before we got the opportunity to interview Mira Blaustein, this was gonna be our creature feature theme show. So I think we both have some some wrecks in that just direction. A little, just a taste of a creature feature. Someday we're gonna do a full episode where we just, you know, go wild about um, like Bigfoot and, uh, you know, this monster from the swamp. Oh, <laughs> creature there's... from the Black Lagoon. I was like, what is it called? nice dude yeah there's not nearly nearly enough good sasquatch movies if you're out there listening and you think you have it please please just help help a, a girl out and please just make her. just She's make so it decent. i'm so hungry for a good sasquatch movie um please help me <laughs> um, okay. Amanda do you want to go first I do want to go first so I I will I want to start really quick with a movie that I started the other night and I did not finish and it's brand new it's the Charlie Kaufman written and directed Charlie Kaufman movie that's on Netflix presently called I'm thinking of ending things um I watched it on Sunday I had been up late the night before so I was extremely extremely tuckered out and it's a it's a two hour plus a little bit movie and I just started it late and I fell asleep but because it is so so surreal and kind of spooky like it is oh it is good for the season it's kind of chilly and spooky from what I saw um I fell asleep while watching it and woke up and was like, did I just have a nightmare? No. Was I just having a nightmare? No. <laughs> it's, it's that um, wonderfully surreal. It's very, very dreamlike. Yeah. Um, and it has some truly incredible actors in it. The lead actress, I can't recall her name right now. And I haven't, I'm not actually familiar with her, but she's wonderful. And then it has Jesse Plemons of um, Breaking Bad fame. I would say he plays Todd. In Breaking Bad, but he's also in um, uh, the second season of Fargo, which is wonderful. Uh, and it has David Thewlis and Tony Collette. Oh and God. they're so creepy and so good. And I can't wait to finish it. So highly recommend. I'm thinking of ending things. Um, written and directed by Charlie Kaufman, who's incredibly talented. It's um, spooky and surreal uh yeah do you do you want to go back and forth with recommendations yeah, that's oh. a great idea so I have um a new movie oh they're not new okay <laughs> a, new, a movie that's new to me and a movie that's old to me <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start with a new one it's not new it's from 1985 <laughs> it's happy 35th birthday um it's the uh, a little movie called Fright Night <laughs> <laughs> you may have heard of it um I have been thinking about watching Fright Night for years, but nobody ever pushed me over the edge. I don't know what I did. Nobody ever <laughs> told me that Fright Night was great and that I would love it. However, I finally watched it on Saturday night and it turns out it is great and I do it's love really it. Good. It's, it's so fun. fun. Yeah. And you know what? It's been long enough since I've seen it that I didn't ever think to be like, you should totally watch it. It kind of blended into a lot of other movies and yeah. didn't stick out, but your enthusiasm has me excited. <laughs> that was kind of my impression for a long time was that it was like, oh yeah, it's like a classic, you know, whenever you think about like a horror comedy, Fright Nights in there. And like, uh, I mean, this is a thing that 
I'm sure other people do, but I know I do with great frequency, probably about every like uh, four to six months, I do a Google of um, queer horror movies because mm-hmm. it's just what I'm thirsty for literally all the time. Yeah. Uh, and it always Naturally. comes, it always comes up on the list, but for some reason I'm, I'm like, I always see it and I'm like, God, oh, Friday night's not, I don't know why it's here. It doesn't belong here. This is an error. Um, but I was wrong. Uh, it's great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's, uh, it's about, um, a kid who's a teen and uh some vampires potentially move in next door and he has to uh figure out what to do about that um (laughs) but it's real I had such a good time it's just like you know when you see a movie that's a classic and you're like I see why I understand why (laughs) sometimes they're a classic for a reason you know where there's smoke there's fire (laughs) (laughs) it's true you know (laughs) my creature feature pick is also considered a classic and for a great reason. And it, I kind of forget why that it's so perfect until I rewatch it. It's uh, 1988's The Blob. <gasps> yes. Um, oh, The Blob's so good. Oh, yucky. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of all I have to say about it. It's uh, just really fantastic. I think it stars Ke- Kevin Dillon. He's Matt Dillon's brother. <laughs> the um, other Dillon. The other Dillon. But, you know, it's uh, it's been long enough since I've seen it. Um, I think it's streaming for purchase on Amazon Prime. Um, but, you know, it's an ooey-gooey alien. And it's, it's so, so gross. And the more it consumes, the bigger it gets. Ugh. Great twist ending. Not going to tell you more. I don't have a whole lot to say about it, to be entirely honest. I just think it's great. Yeah. And, and, you know, you got to count the blob as a creature. Totally. Creature feature. Yeah. That's a, that's a perfect example of a creature feature. I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched that blob, that blob in a long time, but it is, it's so good. It's such a like unexpected, you know, like you don't think the blob is going to be the, just a delight. And then you watch it and you're like, oh yeah. It's a delight and it's kind of scary. Yeah, it is scary. It's scary and gooey too. Yeah. Combos. I think creature features can be kind of difficult sometimes because I think uh, because they do require so much special effects and and at some point usually demand a reveal of mm. said creature. Um, I think they sometimes have a hard time being like truly, truly scary as opposed to like a demonic possession movie or like, you know, yeah, definitely. Um, but they're out there. Uh and, you know, once again, just want to reiterate uh, Sasquatch movie, please someone make a really good one. I could always take more good werewolf movies too. Yeah. Like, there's some out there, but yeah. it's There's not many. It's like, That's the thing is that like really the one. creature features that are great are so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just a lot that fall below that line. There's a lot that fall below and there's a lot that are real, real, real silly. And yeah. like they're valuable for that, you know, like if we had done a whole show just about it, I probably would have talked about ticks because it's like relatable. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Is there's it, a horror movie called Ticks and it's like really silly. Is the villain Lyme disease or is it just like no, it's just ticks. It's just ticks. <laughs> <laughs> it does not cover tick-borne diseases. Um, but hey, uh directors listening, maybe it's time for a ticks update, you know, where it confronts tick-borne illnesses. Um, we're giving yeah. away lots of free ideas tonight. So I hope you guys are taking notes. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So that's my creature feature selection. That's so great. Wow. Thank you for reminding me about the blob. I got to watch it. Oh, my it's been so, so long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my second and last recommendation, um, which is also, I mean, both of mine are kind of like very generously creature features. I wouldn't call either of them like powerfully creature features. Um, but it's uh, the 1978 version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, uh, which I hadn't really thought about in a second. And then my partner just watched it for the first time last week and, and was like, that movie's really scary. It's, it's like, it is so really scary. scary. <laughs> it's so good. So I rewatched it on Sunday night um, and just had such a good time. It's great. I mean, on, honestly, the th- a thing that unites the blob, Fright Night and Invasion of the Body Snatchers is that they all have really great special effects like yeah like meaning like puppets and stop motion and stuff exactly practical effects invasion of the body snatchers the 70s version is fantastic and as you said already like truly terrifying um so scary it's so scary and like uh, yeah like I definitely uh would you know it can yeah totally falls under creature feature slash like alien invasion like alien plant feature (laughs) yeah and I feel like alien invasion is sometimes also a horror subgenre that can really fall short you know Mm. I think a lot of them try to do too much yeah definitely but just like a lot of horror movies that deal with a fear of something unseen in the woods or whatever in the dark like the the that doppelganger fear that Jenny and I hate so much oh and are really is really visceral and not not knowing who you can trust and who your loved ones are. Um, yeah, really, truly, truly viscerally terrifying. Super uh, scary. Also, um, I can't remember uh, how like how hot anybody is in the blob, but in Fright Night and Invasion of the Body Snatchers are both full of hot people. So yeah, I, I can't remember the. <laughs> in the blob either but I want to err on the side of probably because it's like 80s teen they always are you know exactly um speaking of hot teens I have one more recommendation yes take me there um it's kind of a silly one and it's something that I think probably most all of our listeners have seen but it's presently streaming on Showtime um through I know you can get through Hulu I did um and much like the other movies we've talked about where we revisited them or Invasion of the Body Snatchers, we revisited and you're like, oh, wow, there's a reason. Or it's like, so there's good. a reason yeah. this is a classic. Like, I didn't think to ever rewatch this movie because it blended into so many others. And I was like, oh, whatever. It's just like another thing in the sea of teen screams. But it's, I know what you did last summer and it's actually really good, guys. <laughs> um, it's so solid. And everyone does a good job at being beautiful and scared in it. Um, I just feel like it's a real tight, neat movie. Plus, it opens with a um, typo negative version of Summer Breeze. <laughs> I've never, never noticed before. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Really good sound. Really fun soundtrack. Um, but yeah, so that is a teen horror movie. I do love a horror movie that takes place in a seaside town but is about locals and not tourists yes absolutely yeah (laughs) totally (laughs) yeah that's oh man thank you for these great recommendations I'm taking them I'm going to take them (laughs) oh my gosh Jenny thank you for your great recommendations um 
I'm so excited. Gosh. I'm so excited. Oh. I know. Uh, spooky season is upon us. Happy um, fall. Happy fall. <laughs> next month, it's going to be the end of October when we're on the radio next. Who knows what we're going to talk about? I know. I was kind of thinking, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I was kind of thinking we would do Halloween themed. Yes. Movies. That sounds like a great idea. But, you know. Subject knows? to change. <laughs> Subject to change. Subject to change. We could just talk about it all. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for listening again this month. Uh, we are Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. Yes, uh, we are. <laughs> and you're listening to WGXC 90.7 FM, Acre, Hudson, Catskill. You can go to wavefarm.org and you can listen there wherever you are in the world. And you can also donate to WGXC and Wave Farm, which is really important because it helps keep local radio alive.